This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bitcartel.com. Enter code NEGRO to save 10%. We're also sponsored by motherfucking Down East Records. Go to downeastrecords.com or Down East Records and all of your social media. Enter code NEGRO. Save 10% on your next motherfucking order, motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, every once in a while we get an episode of the podcast that happens organically um, and I mean organic like we ain't playing this shit where you get a homie from out of town that comes to Columbia which let's be honest a lot of people don't come to Columbia South Carolina so when I get them in town I gotta make sure <laughs> I trap them in the in the studio we can like record some shit got the homie from the ATL Abyss what's going on brother what up Joe King Oh my gosh! All right, all right, let me see. Are you are you um? It's been up? a long time, brother. Oh my, it's been very long. Funny enough, what's your first name? What's your real first name? Derek. Guess what? Don't say it's Derek. My first name is Derek. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> we sound like we sell insurance. <laughs> Derek Jacobs and Derek Graham. <laughs> Derek and Derek, insurance salesman. Thursdays on UPN. Yeah, right. <laughs> sound like ambulance chase. Man, look. <laughs> Did you fall at a Walmart? We can help. Right. So um. So yeah, uh, uh, you came into town, you hit me up, you got some stuff going on, this is MLK weekend, um, you're going to be in what, Denmark, South Carolina? Denmark Tech uh, for Justice Sunday. Or right, what they got you doing? Uh, they got me uh, speaking, uh, performing and everything, you know, gave me 20 minutes, brother. Oh shit, alright, alright, so for the people that don't know, um, tell us some of your accolades and some of the things that you've worked on. Uh, I've been uh, on HBO Deaf Poetry a couple times. I won a Peabody Award. Um, I'm the only poet on the CD with Prince. Well, um, uh, okay, yeah, we're going to get into all that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> first poet on 106 in Park when AJ and Free was on there. Oh, man. As a young kid say, no cap. <laughs> no cap. But, um, you know, I've been, I've been out here being the first at a lot of things. So, you know, it's it's, it's been... It's been a long, slow burn, but a beautiful walk, brother. Yo, all right. So for the ladies and gentlemen, that, that if y'all go back, if if y'all of, of are like me, um, I was having a conversation with my coworkers at the record store tonight, and I was asking them what was I, what first concert do you remember? And I think my first concert that I ever went to, official concert, I went to see Spit Kickers tour. Did you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was it was Common. It was De La Soul, yeah. Reflection Eternal. Um, Farrell Munch and Biz Marquis was DJing and I say that to say like that was the time period where I lucked up to have that type of music surrounding me so you had like the Soul Quarians where where it's like you know like Water for Chocolate and the Voodoo right. and whatever whatever and a part of that that moment was like Death Poetry Jam Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying, and and to have like I'm, I'm like I was like oh I wish I was on this show, you know what I mean? Like I was like I, I I felt like if if I was of age or where I needed to be, this would be the people that are like minded. And and I remember seeing you even before I met you, man. 
if you guys are, are looking, go on YouTube if you find there's a few times he was on there. How many times you on that Poetry Jam? I was on there a couple. I taped it about three or four times. Okay. But you never know. You know, the check cut. Exactly. <laughs> the check cut. But, you know, you never know if you cut. <laughs> exactly. Well, the thing about it was there's some performances where it was just spoken word, and there's other performances where if, if you ever see the guy playing uh, the, the acoustic guitar and the trumpet at the same time, being a motherfucking show off. They didn't actually let me do it on there, mm-hmm. on, on, on what you call it. I, I, I always wanted to perform with my instrument on there. Why, why wouldn't they let you do it? It's like, they, we're just they, doing spoken words? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Let, let, let us focus on this. No doubt. Okay. And you know, it's it, it's corporate, but I was able to bring the guitar to uh, BT uh, Jazz. That's, okay, that's where I saw it. Okay, yeah. And you know, I bought I bought the ruckus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cirque du Abyss. You know? <laughs> Yo. Oh, so all right, let's let's double back a little bit, right? Because like Deaf Poetry, what's that? What, 99? 98? That was two thousand two. Two thousand two. So we're almost twenty years ago. All right. So here's my question. What are as an artist But but beep game though. Uh huh. We was well into we 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 wasn't uh, seasoned somewhat before deaf poetry, but we was almost three to five already in. I got you exactly. Okay, you feel what I'm saying? So so here's two questions I got. Um, what are what are the differences that you see as far as being an artist doing you know black music, you know hip hop inspired music poetry? What are the differences like I guess the pros and cons from almost twenty years ago to now? And the second question would be, how was the climate in Atlanta? During that time, because like Atlanta is the spot now. Was it was it on the cusp of that coming? Was it you know two thousand and two were people still like focusing on on the A like they are now? What was going on? I think I think Atlanta's always been the spot mm-hmm. since Babyface and uh, L.A. Reid made it down there, and you know that's what kind of like brought us there. You know, Outkast Records, and you know I'm a, one of the transplants, but I've been in Atlanta longer than I've ever been in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. where I was raised at. But um, a lot of what um, I'm looking um, to see is like I guess. Hold on, you moving around? Is it? Oh, okay. Okay. I was gonna say I'm about to get him his drink. My drink was hot. I was like, get this joker. He got me nervous. I'm like, I couldn't find. Did I drink? Found my drink. Yeah, found my drink. Yeah. Nah, nah. So, um, nah. Like uh, Atlanta itself has always been the spot, and now it's kind of like it was the spot. It, it's kind of like the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. It used to be the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Now it's a heart murmur. Ooh, okay. Now, when you used to have the hip hop mm-hmm. outcast, mm-hmm. now you got the, the the what what it progressed. To. Exactly. Yeah. And I and you know and I, I won't take a shot at it because somebody likes it or you've been driven to like it. But I'm not the hater. Yeah, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? What I do yeah. is I make sure I put some antidote out there. Exactly. Make sure it's potent. You know what? It's interesting that you say that because it's like. I've always had this theory because we we were just you know lamenting that Columbia doesn't have like the the infrastructure for black music and 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 what I tell people a lot of times is that you know back in the day especially growing up in Jim Crow South or my parents and my grandparents growing up in Jim Crow South you know it used to be this overt racism that was like holding and oppressing black and brown people right. now my theory is the way that you can do that is you oppressed by um keeping us from a position to congregate meaning all the dope performance venues they'll either outprice you 
or they'll try to say, oh, we don't do uh, hip hop or soul or whatever, whatever, which is kind of like code for we don't want black people in here. Y'all, y'all co-op, cooperative economics. Word. We're on the same page because because I think the secret to it is, you know, instead of waiting for a lot of these white Start venues, in the living room. exactly my point It's it's that you have to be non-conventional for that shit to happen. And, and see, here's the thing: it's gonna have to be cutting edge. Anything that you've already mm-hmm. done, if if you do, always do it, you, if you always done it, you're gonna get what you've always had. Exactly. exactly. I want something different, bro. That's why, like, I, I don't mind coming to Columbia. Like, if I yeah. if I'm going to Denmark, I better go to go holler at my man, preach. Word him up. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> you, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, like, like you know, my my thing is, I'm on ordered steps. Yeah. So everything has to fall in place like how it does. So I don't question it, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just a lot of stuff out here. Well, so. here's, here's the thing that I think is interesting, right? Because this podcast is called The Negro League, and I named it The Negro League because, you know, I'm a big I'm a baseball fan. But the economic structure of The Negro League was really dope in the sense of it was a black, well-oiled business mm-hmm. where you had these teams. Then you also had Jim Crow South where it was like a lot of players. Hey, we got black hotels. We got black cleaners to clean the uniforms, whatever, whatever. And I think that 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 infrastructure was great. And what ended up happening was as soon as Major League Baseball integrated, the Negro League died. And and I would compare that to like the Chitlin Circuit idea, right? Yeah. Where it's like they're like, oh, the Chitlin Circuit, we're going to these, you know, uh, 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 these juke joints, shit look like color purple, blah 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 blah. And as soon as people start to get into these white venues, that type of hustle that makes you be a part of the black community a lot more, they fall back from it. And and I think that's something we should need, we need to adopt again. Like I think I think, I think like. Even seeing it, like just traveling the country, mm-hmm. you know, just really like it's only black in a couple of places, like mm-hmm. like like unapologetically, like exactly. Like I'm from Detroit, mm-hmm. it was black the whole seventeen. Yeah, and I have a theory for that too. Yeah, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, but it ain't like I was raised to not like white people. Yeah, exactly. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, like, but you would see the police. Mm-hmm. But then that that's different. But some of them would look just like us. Exactly. So, but that's how you used to police back in there. You 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 police where you live. Exactly. And with the culture. Mm-hmm. And you have to have some some. If you wasn't part of the culture, you know it's gonna be tension. I have a theory on this, and I've always felt this way. Right? It's uh-huh. like it's like when we talk about police in our own. I think of when we talk about. Panther Party. We talk about I the gangs. 70s, yeah. yeah, yeah. We talk about the gangs in the black community, and and I speak on that because it's like when you look at, like when we talk about, oh, don't snitch and blah 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 blah, and this and this and that. Right. Like that came from in my mind when I'm looking at you know the black community civil rights movement time. That came from like, look, we don't fuck with cops. We don't fuck with white people. So when y'all come in here, y'all don't really give a fuck about justice y'all just be like we'll just arrest a nigga and just call it a day so the idea of don't snitch wasn't just like oh we're not talking to the cops don't snitch was yo cops get out the way we'll handle this right you know what i'm saying right and and we come from that exactly we come from and what ended up happening is when the black community policed itself when you bring bullshit into the community we took care of it now what's happening is when black, you know, when, when black shit is fucking up the community, when people are bringing like dumb shit to the community, they want the same privileges of us not going to the police, but we don't police ourselves anymore. You know what I'm saying? So when I think of the Panther Party, you know, 
when we look at like the FBI and the FBI's biggest purpose, you know, over the years is always like back in the day, you know, it started because of like uh, uh, the Roaring Twenties where, you know, Bonnie and Clyde is robbing some place and you got Dillinger robbing some place, but it wasn't federal. So you can like fuck somebody up in Indiana, drive to, to Illinois, go to Chicago, nobody can arrest you. So it started like that. But afterwards, the FBI was purely like, let's shut down black people. Let's shut down Marcus Garvey and the Black Star Movement. They fucked it up. Mm-hmm. And they would infiltrate the Panther Party. And and I think about how a lot of that stuff kind of fell apart with like Huey Newton and how he passed away and all that type of stuff. But I also think about, you know, they did some really dope community-based events like breakfast for kids in the community that, oh, that yeah. didn't get break. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they added so much to the game, but the thing about it is nobody pays homage to it. Exactly. That now. And that's the thing that kills me. It's like we need to look at the things that work really well and go back to it. From being an artist, I think from that perspective, you know? Well, well I think what what's gone, what, what, ha- what has happened mm-hmm. and the TV used to get cut off mm-hmm. at some point. Mm, yeah. These children are on a frequency of constant noise, twenty four seven, and it's customized for the distraction. I, I read something um, about they would take like I forgot what city it was, but let's say Chicago or Detroit. Let's say Detroit, where it was this thing where if if you look at kids within you know a school that weren't performing very well, they're disruptive in class, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was a program that took these kids like to the mountains for a few days. Okay. And when they came back, they performed better in school. They weren't disruptive, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a term they coined. They said that those students were suffering from nature deprivation nature deprivation syndrome. Just being around trees is healing. Just being around nature is healing. You know what I'm saying? Have you been to Asheville? Oh, man. Dog, dog. That's where I record all the time. Yeah, yeah, Bruh, Matter of fact, yo, like, nigga, we man, on the same I've page. I've been over that Silver Eagle the whole dog, shit. Like, yo. So you already know. So so the guy that's playing the horns, yeah. that's his, Um, I recorded in his studio in Asheville. He plays horns for uh, Pitbull. <laughs> shit. Yo, Asheville is my spot, man. And, and uh, hey, like it's a home away from home, man. Like you just sit up in there and I be up on the um the, the, the Blue Ridge. Mm-hmm. Man, just taking in the foliage, man, showing my sons, man. Like I said, they got trucker mileage. Dog, that's, man, no doubt. That's what and I want to hear. They 86. That's what I want to hear. They 86. So, you know, when the teacher tell them to write a story, yeah. it's nothing. Like, man, I done been all over. You know, my daddy took me to Chicago, Detroit, and Ohio yeah. on one trip. That's hilarious, man. You so, know? so here's my question. It's, it's really interesting that you went from Detroit to Ohio because I, I think that, I would say that L.A. Reid and Babyface is just as important oh, yeah. as Barry Gordy in Detroit. Because when I, cause for me, being a black kid, listening to hip-hop as a kid, it was either New York or the West Coast. And what was really dope about LaFace Records was that you had these two dudes like, yo, let's focus on Atlanta talent. Them niggas got everybody from Atlanta. Probably people that these New York and West Coast labels wouldn't fuck with. Shitting on them. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure. Dog, absolutely. They still shitting on us now. Well, y'all have such an infrastructure now that it's just like, which is dope. Like, and and I'm and I'm wondering because we were talking about the saturation factor in Atlanta. There's so much shit, so many people there, so much, so much saturation. Where I think from the perspective of, you know, if you're trying to get paid as a as a local artist trying to get your start over there somebody would be able to tell a club, yo, he'll charge you, I'll do it for free. Because there's so many people that's there. Oh, you're you know? going to get undercut because here's the thing. But, you know, cheap poets ain't good. <laughs> exactly. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Or what you don't pay for. Yeah, exactly. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been out here a long time, and one thing that we never used to do is come to the damn stage with trash. And now Word. you got so many people, What you know, me and one of my homies, Thomas, was talking the other day. Like, we don't align our values. Mm, so yeah. we, we'll do shit for money, but it might not line up with what you value. So yeah. you will yeah. be on a hamster wheel. How they say not all money is good money? Mm. Yeah, exactly. There's been... That's and that's the thing about getting older is telling people no. And it's scary because when you're an artist and you get an opportunity, I'd be so paranoid, oh, is another one gonna come? You know what I'm saying? But then, Oh, it's yeah. coming. Yeah, exactly. It's coming and yeah. if you're on fire, they're gonna come watch you burn and it's the reason why they're calling you. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I'm exactly. So it's kinda like, you know, we done been out in these streets for a long time. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. If people I wouldn't even say that we got blackball, but you know, we just too smart for the for the for the okie dog. Exactly. And it ain't gonna work on me. Exactly. So they be like, nice lyrics. Like, uh, you know, I done been on guest <laughs> guest on yeah. people's albums. Yeah. They send it to Universal, Universal hit them bars. Like, nope, y'all can play in the house. I'll be working in the field. Exactly. Independent, deal or no deal. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. just telling them, like, I don't need it. So, okay, so here's my question. I'm gonna go down a list of people. So, like, so doing deaf poetry, how did that happen? How, how did that process come through? Uh, Deaf Poetry, uh, we were out uh, doing the slam out in uh, Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, we ran into Bruce George. I think he ran into my slam team, mm-hmm. and um, we wound up sending the tape in. So it had about seven of us on there, me on the beginning and George and me on the end. Mm. And we were, one of the, we were the first two to leave for Atlanta. And we got uh, Peabody's that year, but what's crazy is that um, – we knew they looked at the whole tape because I was at the beginning and mm-hmm. Georgia was at the end of the tape. So, you know, with that, man, after that, man, it's been, it's been like, uh, I, I would definitely say a blessing, but my thing is we were already doing it before that. That's, that's what that if you on fire, they come watch you burn. It <laughs> worked. They, they, they found out about it. So out of 3000 tapes, the hundred that went, I was part of the hundred. Yo, God bless those people that go through that stuff because it's like now, I know no labels are checking for unsolicited shit, but like for the people that go through stuff and, and, and I tell people this all the time, you know, as a journalist that write about music in Columbia, I'm like, whatever you send me, I'm gonna listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand that movement, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I, I think we, we, we lost some of the, um, the stuff that came. I'm, I'm an analog that kick it with the digitals. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but it hard, hardly the digital, the digitals that can, Convert the analog mm-hmm. and be ambidextrous between the two. They'll win. Absolutely, they'll win because everybody's not going to do that. You it's right. hard for them to cross back over. You, yeah, it's hard right. for us to cross over if you're not hip. Because yeah. fifty, uh, when we were younger, it was like, damn, like yo, you bought in the ground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm looking like nigga, they got everything now. You know what I'm saying? I'm eating good. You mm-hmm. know, so it's kind of like. You know, it, it, it's it, the world has changed. So the the things like even when they saying finesse and you know their slang is so much different. No cap, cap used yeah. to mean busting shots. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? No cap, no shots. Like you know, yo, the first time somebody said say less to me, I thought they was talking shit. I'm like, yo, yo, say less. Like nigga, you telling me to shut up? You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right, 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 right. You be like, yo, I don't like your slang. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. like your slang. Your slang is confusing. <laughs> but you know, it, 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 it's old heads. Yeah, so exactly. same way they did the map. It's the same map. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. But what's universal is the vibration, man. And that's the stuff that even if you don't understand what I'm saying, you know the vibe I'm putting off. And that's and that's the thing that I try to tell people is that I don't want to be the old guy shaking my fist at these young kids. You know what I'm saying? Because, because it's like, because here's my theory. 
and I don't have anything proved, but could you imagine the generation before Wu-Tang? If you look at like the Curtis Blow or the <laughs> generation, <laughs> could you imagine them niggas listening to Wu-Tang talk about chambers and, and, and kung fu shit? They would have to look at that the way that the heads now look at the young kids. Like, what the fuck is this Chinese Wu-Tang shit? What the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? But actually, check this out. Uh, I, I seen, uh, I was watching Netflix the other day. It's mm-hmm. called... The Hip Hop Evolution? Fit, no, Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks. Yeah. You saw that shit? I haven't seen it yet. So, but they were breaking down the breakdance joints. Mm. All this, like, it lines up. And yeah. then when you start looking at it, you be like, damn. Yeah. So even when the Wu... So now, my mm-hmm. algorithm... Yeah, it's the thirty-six chamber disciple or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a whole uh, movie that Wu was taking the samples from. Ah, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, a RZA, yeah. RZA was taking the samples from. So, yeah. I, I mean, just like hearing what you're saying, it I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then when they start showing the movies and like the whole like the yeah. the the, uh, the Shaw brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, all the kung fu shit. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when I'm looking at all of that, but this is the stuff that affected our culture. So then mm-hmm. when we watch. You ever seen the Jabberwockies? Yeah, dance? yeah, yeah. Like so, you know, boom, they perfected yeah. what we have innately. Exactly. And the problem is, is we don't chase it innately and because we don't mm. value it. Mm. And that's what I was talking about. Why like we can go get all the bread. Yeah. But if you ain't got no values, them the same people that put their lights out. You know the you know the thing about the values thing that I think is interesting is that I have this r- real th- feeling that hip hop culture, black culture, or mm-hmm. just say hip hop, operates best when it is not trying to impress white people. Always. And and I, and I think what ends up happening with like black art is that you we, cuff, you you hide what you're saying. We we validate so much of their approval. So it's like so when the Oscars come out and they're like, oh Oscars so white, there's not that many black people. And I'm like, go give fuck them. It ain't even <laughs> it ain't even your contest. Exactly. Go but, make one. You know, and it's like, I understand people validating a Grammy. I'd love to get a Grammy, and, and, and but it's validating in the sense of, hey, you get a Grammy nomination, you can probably charge more money, blah, 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 I get it. But as far as having those type of entities define who you are, that's not what's important. And I think that's what, I, I think that poetry put a, a, a divide between the community. Mm, so tell me what you think about that. Like, because, that'd be interesting to hear. Because some people, that's all they aspired to do. mm because that was the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. And that isn't really what made us. Yeah. We was like, yo, this is a vehicle, but come on, let's let's do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. Let, let's do this together. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, you look at Chris Tucker was putting down 20 million. Russell didn't get none of that bread. Oof. So you think a poet finna come do that? Oof. Ah, uh, nah. I'd rather those guys just do it themselves. Did you did you ever meet Russell and Most Def? Oh man, I had a uh, a funny story about it. When I first got to the hotel, Edison, mm-hmm. I walked on the um, I walked onto the uh, I, I checked into my room, mm-hmm. but then I got on the elevator. When I get on the elevator, it was Russell and um, and most uh, most deaf on there, and so most is saying my um. Matter of fact, I checked in the room and I was coming out. <laughs> I'm going down. And you know, I'm like on the eighth floor. It stopped on the sixth floor. Most and um and Russell. And Russell walk in the elevator and I'm like, damn. He's like, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to nut up. Like, yo, this my nigga! <laughs> and so, you know, and I'm looking at him like, yo, damn, you know, I ain't gonna fan out or whatever. Hey, what's up? 
Russell. <laughs> what up, most? Yo, I'm a big fan, brother. You know, you know, gay yeah, homage, yeah. pay, pay respect. Yeah. He's like, yo, my life, my life, my life. He started quoting my poem <laughs> that I was on the here. on the audition tape. Get the fuck out And I'm out looking here. like, yo, this shit real. <laughs> you know, man, I was walking on like cloud nine, like, and then you know, just watching all the celebrities, that shit just yeah. really puts you in a uh, in a in a place where like, damn, everybody is about to really hear how you think. Yeah. You about to spit to a room full of people. And the room was so dope, man, it was like 10 cameras on you. Ooh. So when it's like 10 cameras on you, brother, they catching everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Everything. So, you know, it was an electric feeling, man, because you're looking out there, that's Reverend Run. Nigga. And that's, and that's, and that's you know, you're looking at, um, I'm looking at Reverend Run, because when we went up there, it was right after 9-11. Mm. So okay. we were supposed to tape, like, September 15th. Mm. And it wound up, you know, because it was yeah. blocks away from there. Um, uh, we wound up doing it in October. Wow. Okay. So you can still smell bodies. And sh- you know, Jesus it was Christ, still, man! It was still nine one one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The year of. Yeah. So then we going up there. You know, you got uh, like Suhair did this old uh, uh, piece mm. about that. You know, because she was Palestinian, and then she's doing the piece about this. So. You know, it was very, like, edgy for the political nature at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we doing this unapologetically. This is your work. Yeah. It ain't, it's edited for TV, but it's not edited like they wrote it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You you feel me? So you can say what you wanted to say. Yeah. And boom, they give you awards for you being you. Which I think it's revolutionary to have it on HBO because I can't imagine this being on a network show. It's like, you have to edit yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I and I and I've seen poets that are actors, mm-hmm. and then they sign like with some of the bigger ones. I won't say their names because I don't <laughs> need nobody coming for me. But they sign with some of the uh the the you know the networks. Mm-hmm. They can't say nothing. Yeah, yeah. Not, like they they're not themselves. You right for that check. So you know my yeah. thing is y'all can play in the house. I'll be working in the field. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So out of your death poetry uh, experiences. Tell me, like, uh, an encounter that you think would be interesting. Like, because you said there was tons of people out there. Because I know Erica did some stuff. A bunch of people did some shit out there. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, like, a positive one. And tell me about somebody that might have been kind of an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's see. I'll tell you what. I saw uh, a a good one was, uh, I think, uh, well, damn, it was good and bad. Okay. Because check it out. Well, no, it, this this is the good one. I, it was Dave Chappelle. We was in the oh, back. Oh, wow. We was walking, um, like, during the back, and uh, Dave came in there lit. <laughs> he was wet. <laughs> but, but he was like, hey, do my poem like that. I was like, hey, write my poem. You know, just, man, he had us all back there joking and yeah. laughing and everything, yeah. man. Dope, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, two poets later. Uh-oh. Oh, man. I don't even want to give her no bad press because I like her. Don't say her name. Oh, wait, I won't say her name. I think you overestimate how many people listen to this podcast. Nobody listens to this podcast. Nah. <laughs> That's how they get you. Like, this isn't that important. This is just NBC News. Let me stop. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and you just stopped that. She's about to call you to do a a, a, a duo. I'm like, hold up. Nah, let me see. And probably, like, one of the, uh, one another cool moment mm-hmm. is uh, chilling with uh, DMX. Oh, wow. And um, DMX came in there. He said, yo, son. Yo, yo, you got the red leathers. Yo, yo, let me try that on, son. What? 
So I'm, I'm thinking the whole time this nigga about to run off of my Absolutely. coat. Absolutely. <laughs> he he trying to play a nigga. I, I was like, I know this nigga about to run with my coat, but then I be like, yo, DMX took it though. You know what I'm saying? But I really need my damn jacket. So we, matter of fact, uh, we got a picture somewhere. We got down together. You know, we, I was with the dog. You know. So what I'm he saying? tried it. Out. He didn't try to take it. He ain't tried to. Take All right, it. good. Good for him. Because when he said, yo, let me see his son, I'm like. I ain't seen this. Yeah, it's yeah. like a boys in the hood where it's like, yo, throw the ball. <laughs> you ain't getting that football back. Right, 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 right. Because I, I took that shit off mad slow. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. This shit could go bad, but cool. Because, you know, he a, he a cool cat, man. I look up to the brother, right. man. He been through a lot of shit, but, you know. He's in South Carolina a lot, too. Man, I, I, I fucks with him heavy, yeah. though, man. Yeah. And, and he ain't losing a step either, so it let he, me know. Yo. Have you heard, because the song never came out, but have you heard the Bath Salt song? Uh-uh. So check this shit out. So Just Blaze was doing this thing, because it's like, it's Just Blaze, Timbaland, and Swiss Beats. They got this whole thing where they're having fun trying to do, like, beat battles and shit like that, right? All right. And so there's footage on YouTube where it's, like, Just Blaze and Swiss Beats going back and forth with, a, with beats or whatever, whatever, playing songs, shit like that. Swiss Beats plays a record. He doesn't play the whole thing. He chops right. it up while he's playing it just to fuck with you and got like air horns on it. But it's called the Bath Salt Song. It got Jadakiss, Jay Z, mm. um, Nas, and DMX. Ooh. And like all you can find is Either. like footage of them playing this at whatever studio they're in or wherever they're doing this battle that's just for their homies. Right. And Swiss is killing it. There's never. There's never been a release of the real song, the whole song. But when I'm telling you, when X come in that shit, that shit is stupid, ridiculous. Like people be thinking like X lost his shit. Oh, no. It is fucking insane. Oh, but yeah. it, but it's called the Bath Salt song, and, and he still hasn't put out. Like Swiss Beats is just sitting on it. This oh, shit yeah. is fucking incredible. Swiss Beats went nuts on that damn Godfather Harlem. Man, man. look, yeah. Boy. Yo. Man, like, I mean, the whole damn soundtrack, bro, bro like, that, yeah. leaking. Yeah, man. Leaking. Insp inspirational. Like, the whole, it, it, it sounded Harlem. How many, all right. How many people, how many times people try to come and, like, be like, here's a record deal? And you're like, nah. Or try to offer you something where you just like, this isn't going to work for me. I mean, you always get people to try to thank you, uh, get you under their thumb. Mm -hmm. I ain't one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> never, never been. Uh, mine, I have a managerless career. Work. 23 years in. Basically be like when somebody reach out to book you, they talking to you. They talking to me or somebody in my family. No doubt. Or yeah, somebody yeah. with the, you know, the power of attorney to speak to you. Yeah, exactly. But it's me. Exactly. It's like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Oz. Exactly. <laughs> what up, though? So, you know, but the thing about it is, um, you know, I, I, I've been, it's one of these things I won't trust it to be in nobody's hands mm -hmm. unless you're able and you understand the vision. And most times people have to really come to where you're at to understand what you're doing. I, I agree. And I feel like what is... What's the most difficult thing? Because, like, the funny thing is, like, it's always like the grass is green on the other side where I'm in Colombia and I know how the infrastructure is so limited here for black and brown art, but you're in Atlanta. What are some of the, you know, the pros and cons out there? 
You know something being here mm-hmm. might have you uh, make you a real bullet when you get somewhere else. It, was... it for yo it it will force you to be you know like creative to shit. You know what I'm saying? Creative, but even when you get it's kind of like when cats come like like I used to be in the military, mm-hmm. so we would do what we call duty. Okay, so they had your ass for 36 hours, same pay. Word. But your ass, 36 hours. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, hourly wage. Yeah. And we shouldn't, they they, they, they pay you eight hours a day to forget your fucking dreams. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I cut that time in half, mm-hmm. at least, mm. even if I work part-time, mm-hmm. I can still think about my shit a little more. I got a little more gig space for that. Yeah. So imagine, Ooh. like, I look at that as, I look at that like a millennial cotton field. Wow. So I cut the damn chains. I ain't in the cubicle no more. And here's the thing. So once I get away, I'm like, oh, shit. I can struggle by my damn self. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be a job to get the broke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need help with that shit. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm saying? I can struggle on my damn own, man, so I can make these decisions. So Mm -hmm. if I'm too nice, I'm too broke. Right. Right. I feel you. Damn, this is what happens when you put a motherfucking poet on a motherfucking podcast. They be saying like fly shit that you want to write down and using your like lexicon of like <laughs> slang and shit. Let's like say I got more gig space. Like, damn. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You got to move that shit around. That, absolutely. Like, you, yeah. you, 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 your drive will get stuck. And then you're sitting up in here like, damn, the weed ain't working. You know, <laughs> right. This shit ain't moving. So next thing you know, shit, I, I started, you know, looking at how like, how do I preserve this? Mm-hmm. Because I preserved the pen mm-hmm. for this long, so I want to see how long this goes. What if I did some healthy eating habits? Mm-hmm. How long would I be able to last on this? And I saw what's your boy name, Red Man. Yeah, he's in Atlanta too. Man, he came to MJQ. Oh my god! Word. Oh my god, dog. This shit. I was, I was, I was lightweight jealous. Like, yo, this <laughs> nigga, like performing, like, bruh. Yeah. Like energetic, yeah. like the only other cat that I really seen with energy like that was like a uh, like sustained energy is like Lupe, Lupe, or a fiasco, yeah, case of water, and shit. yeah. Uh, but uh, it was Lupe, I, I, but the energy, yeah, un- unmatched. Yo, and Red still looked young too. Yeah, yeah. Red, Red, I mean Red, Red was doing his damn thing, and we in the club, mm-hmm. so he you you can almost touch him, like <laughs> yeah. he, he he's feet away from the people, but I'm sure. Like imagine a GoPro and that motherfucker's on the ground and everybody is up <laughs> yeah. in that bitch. Yeah. That, that's how that shit look. So, all right, tell me this Prince story. How how did that come to fruition? Did he reach out to you? Did he have like Prince will be interested in speaking to you? Like how did that whole thing happen? Um, I I, I got put on with uh, the project was uh, with Rhonda Smith. I'm on her project. Her name, uh, you remember the light skin lady on it? Do 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 diamonds. Yeah, she's the bass player. So she, I'm on her project. So I'm I'm not doing my research before I get there because I ain't want to find out. Because the dude when he announced it, when Joey told me, he was like, you know who it is, and I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, know, I was already nervous, but I didn't know who it was, and I didn't want to say. You know, I ain't want to look. I ain't yeah. on the internet, none of that, because we wasn't really in, even into the searching and all of that wow. stuff. Yet. So I'm looking at, I get over there so I can see it. Like, I'm like, oh, I've seen her before. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And so I was like, hello. She's like, oh, I like him. His voice is grainy. That's what Prince said? 
No, nah, it wasn't Prince. It was it oh, was oh the Ronda. bass player. It okay, was, bass uh, player. Okay, okay. Big, big, big bass player. So Ronda, uh, Prince wasn't there. Okay. So this is uh, what they're telling me is they were like, we're gonna see. You know, they they asked me to write uh, a poem for them. Mm. So I wrote this joint on a barf bag. Like <laughs> yo, a barf bag. You know the joints on the back of the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wrote this joint on here. Right, it was the most <laughs> sexy shit. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad the plane didn't hit no turbulence and you throw up in that shit and lost the lyrics. Like. Right. Because cause here's the thing. Because I wrote it on the bar bag, but I folded it up. I was like, yo, I'm gonna need this later, not knowing that uh, the project that she's making is called RS2. So mm-hmm. Joey uh, Somerville is. Uh, uh, Recording her project, mm. so when I walk in there, man, it's mad bases around and everything, it's just, right? So, <laughs> you know, fast uh, uh, making this story uh, tolerable. Uh, f- <laughs> fast forward, she she released the project, so we're at the the listening party, mm. and so I'm looking at the artwork, mm. and so it's a lot of people in here and shit. So, and I've seen a lot of people that worked on it, but then there was only four names on this motherfucker. Oh right? gosh. <laughs> So I'm looking at this shit. You know, I, you, 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 the shit said, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I thought, I, man, this is why you just got to play it cool. That's why, you know, I, I, you, it's even kill. So the shit said, with guest stars, Sheila E. Nigga. <laughs> Nigga. Fred Hammond. Nigga. Prince. <laughs> and many more. I was like, many more? <laughs> I looked on there, it was one more person, Abyss. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Nigga, what? <laughs> I was like, hey, I made it, damn it. Like, so my yo, name is Many More, nigga. Let's yo, go. Many More, goddamn. That's my new shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Many More. How you, good? How you doing, guys? Hi. So, you know, but when I made the cut, when I finally, I was like, damn, I'm on a CD with Prince? That's crazy, man. Oh, my God. I said, bruh, like, you know, it's crazy. So, um, shout out to uh, my, my my homie um, Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, his makeup artist, but I man, I went, made a wonderful friend, Robin Kelly. Word. Uh, but she she sent me this um, this DVD, mm-hmm. and then this is like when you be like, yo, when you meet Prince's people and the people that in, that are in his orbit, yeah, your life changes. Lord Jesus, felt like. Erica Badu and crochet pants. Yeah. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, you know, but it, it gave me another outlook of, uh, it made me help me level up. No so doubt. She sent me, um, she sent me this, um, this DVD called Baraka. Mm. And it had a Sufi uh, um, translation to Blessing. Okay. And it wasn't really no stars in it. It was just you just watching what the camera took. Okay. From Himalayan um, monkeys yeah. in, in the hot springs to you watching the Taj Mahal, you you watching the inside of uh, you watching the the, the Israel, mm-hmm. you you looking at a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. but you 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 just watching life happen, and they doing shit like showing you like how they processing chickens. Wow. To the geisha girls, wow! To the kabuki drums, <laughs> Yo. to you, you, uh, the the Balinese monkey chant with the uh, gentlemen. Uh, they doing this shit in sync with the elders in the youth mm. all together. But you, man, I'm looking like man. I, I never would have known this had I not did that with uh, princes and them people. And, and these are the type of things the prince would watch for inspiration. Man, I'm I'm pretty sure if if you're around him, man, you mm-hmm. you gonna inspire. Bro. Yeah, yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And like I said, it helped me level up. And like I said, I got a, a little verse, mm-hmm. but it's just being 
uh, around people that understand that you know they'll they'll hand they they see you trying. Yeah. Hey, check this out. But you know, it's like steel sharp and steel. It's like it's like man, you man, you about the fifth person said that this week. I'm telling you, that's the reality of it. It's yeah. just like that's it. And it's like when people think about it like this, it's like we're not looking for like famous people to give us props. It's the validation of if I admire what you're doing, and I think you're operating at a god level or operating at at like a level a world class level. Right. To be acknowledged in that in that same sphere, that's the. That's the motivation you might need sometimes. You know what I mean? The and, validation and, and, and you need. Right. Yeah. And, you, and you're right. And, and I, I think sometimes now some people will still get used to it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even me coming down here, man, by the grace of God, this lady was, uh, uh, she's legally blind. Mm. She heard me at her last gig that we were both on. She heard me. Mm. I performed after them. And she was like, yo, whoever that was, yeah. I need him in Denmark. That's crazy. I didn't know about Denmark Tech a week ago. That's crazy. Two weeks ago, I didn't know about what, what, where, where I was going, but I was like, "How far are we from?" She was like, "You gonna stay in Orangeburg? How far are we from Columbia?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. you about forty five minutes, brother. Yeah, so, so I'm about to get. Hey, if that, that, that you, you look like you got a heavy foot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I'm all right. I'm in a minivan. <laughs> I'm in a minivan. That gas costs <laughs> for sure. But you know, I don't mind going to get it, man. That, that That's the whole thing. We don't always got it out the mud. And that's the secret to it, man. I think I think when we're talking about like me being in Columbia, what kind of prepares me for a lot of that stuff. I, I I feel like when I go to a lot of these other cities and I see the infrastructure that's out there that people are taking for granted, it's like you know when I bring black musicians and black artists here, two things end up happening. A lot of them take less than what they usually get paid, and that's not a knock or nothing like that. It's because I explain to them the importance of coming to the city. And they understand that concept oh, of yeah. this is important to have you here. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And 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 I would look at people in other places where I'm like, God damn, if we had this, if we had this, and they 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 take it for granted in Atlanta. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I imagine so because because y'all spoil with it. And and I'm gonna tell you, listen, between the venues that that embrace black music and black culture, regardless if it's trap or whatever, whatever you listen to, you could probably find a place to fuck with you, like. I used to get a lot of love at Apache that I wouldn't get in Columbia. You know what I'm saying? Just to have the night that y'all had out there was insane to me because it wasn't. It wasn't. We here. doing it now at the 640 East. We just took it to the West End. Nigger, I think I, uh, you know, some of this new music that I've been playing that you're gonna be on tonight. Cough, cough. We need to, <laughs> we need to, we need to get a date for a nigga to come out there. But yeah, but like, but that's the thing about it. It's like if something like that was going on in Columbia and the venue left, that concept is just gone. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, but I I think the flesh and bone of this mm-hmm. is the spirit of this won't die. Absolutely, and that's and that's the beauty of it, man. It's like we we don't put this in too many people. Yo, I remember when I went to, I went to Japan. I went to a city called Fukuoka. My DJ was Japanese, and he lived out there, right? Mm-hmm. And he was telling me like, "Yo, these motherfuckers will love you" because we we put an album out. Like I produced it. He he uh, EP'd it, and um, he's like, "Yo, preach, come out here." You're hip hop. You're American. I had dreads down my back. He's like, "Yo, they'll love you." And I was like, "Look, if you could set up, if I got shows, this, and this, and this, and that, set everything up, I'll come." And I remember us going around, went like Tokyo, and seeing my Japanese homie being surrounded by like so many like people that look like him. I saw how he felt at home, and mm. I was like, "Damn, this is must must be what it feels like to go to Africa as a black man." But then I think about it. Nigga, that's Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I ain't gonna front. Atlanta's done become hyper every damn thing. Mm. It's hyper Wakanda right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. And so we're kind of spoiled because I, I I realize I need that energy. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't survive in uh in, in here. You, I, would, right. I wouldn't survive down right. here you're just right. because I'm 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 used to getting the bolus. Yeah. What was I? At? I went to uh, I went to Denver. Uh. <laughs> Yo, I went to Denver. Uh, my, no, my homeboy, uh, my DJ, Vinyl Richie. Mm-hmm. Vinyl Richie, that's such a dope fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Vinyl Richie, ATL, shit, that's my homie and shit. So we we in uh, Denver, mm-hmm. and so he's out there for like a week and shit. But he's mm-hmm. out there like on business. So mm-hmm. I get there, I'm getting ready to do a show. So I get there like the day of. He was like, man, <laughs> he said it's good seeing you. You like the <laughs> first black dude I seen in four days. <laughs> I was getting worried. <laughs> Like, yo, hey, I ain't seen a nigga in four days. Oh, <laughs> so yo. He's like, yo, he touched me. He's like, yo, he's like, glad to see you, bro. Glad to touch you, man. Like, damn. Like, yo. he said, I, I ain't never been so glad to see another black motherfucking <laughs> shit. Light up. <laughs> yo, this shit is real. Yo, I can't, I can't imagine. It's like, it's like, man, I remember, like, you know, your 20s, like, I was so in love with Lauren Hill and I had locks. I wanted every woman to look like Lauren Hill. So it's like being in Columbia, <laughs> it would be like, oh, does she have locks or natural hair? And I was just in love with them, even if they were like full of shit. I'm just basically like, because I don't see them. And I was like, oh, you know what right. I mean? But like, you go to Atlanta, I'm like, oh, 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 hey, hey, oh. You know, you oh, just you gotta, gotta, gotta be like. Show. Like, I mean, and, and it's, man, it's so cultural. Mm. And the thing about it is when people try to choke out the culture, mm. that's that's the stuff that I think that, as a connoisseur, as a custodian of the craft, because mm-hmm. we got to clean this shit up. Oof. You know what I'm saying? Oof. So, so when we custodians of the craft, I, I I got an idea for that shit, the whole shit. Like, we all on the, like, the, the we in we in the dickies. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> we got the mops ready to go, yeah. We got yeah. the mops, the whole thing, because uh, we cleaning this shit up. But yeah. the thing about it is, it ain't, no, it ain't no shelf life on this. No doubt. It's the spirit, bro. Absolutely. So this transcends, and that's the whole thing. Uh, between like when you watching these cats abuse a gift mm-hmm. or and I mean abusing a gift not these cats that we see in the rap scene I'm talking about you that can write and mm-hmm. you ain't saying shit absolutely yeah Picasso ain't Picasso cause he painted his sheet rock yeah Sometimes you gotta, we gotta get out our own bag, and we don't do that. We need some, mm. we need, we need to do something different, bro. Like in order to get out our own bag, we gotta do something different. Cause trust me, I, I, I lost my son, man. So I was dealing with bouts of depression. Still fight that bastard off. How um, how do you help yourself with 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 the depression, man? Well, I mean, my thing is meditation. I burn sage. I I, I speak the Most High all the time, but mm. he he helps me soothe, like that faith in knowing that. The spirit never dies. Mm. I just got to find out where, where where he's at now, yeah. and knowing that we'll be there. Wow, we gonna make we 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 gonna meet again. I'm so sorry to hear that, man. But like to hear that level of like spirituality with that. Did you did you go through? Because like I talk on this podcast a lot about depression and and also you know the inability to talk about it as black men in America. Like you know, do you feel like? I've been voices with mine, courageous mm-hmm. as hell. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I ain't never claimed the shit. And then when you start going through it, you be like, damn, I can see, because I spent a, a lot of alone time. But mm-hmm. I'd rather be solitaire. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The difference between being alone and lonely, too. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I'm not, I'm, sometimes you're lonely in a crowded room. Mm-hmm. And then you got the other times, you know, Shh, the weed can't do nothing. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Pornhub so, doesn't help. You, know, <laughs> you can't shake off enough knuckle babies. You know? 
<laughs> nah, you can't. I mean, it, it's nothing that will relieve it, but just really just settling mm-hmm. and centering mm-hmm. and realizing that nothing controls you. Like, uh, if, if something controls you, it angers you. You Come on, you, you give it that power. Yeah. So you don't have to give anything to power. Wow. Take power over yourself. Yeah. And that, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm strong. God give me all the strength to me. Self for food. Yeah. They they kill us with our stomachs. Yeah. You, yeah. you feel what I'm saying? You're right about that. Yeah. So every 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 celebratory holiday, pagan holiday yeah. we deal with, tied to your damn stomach. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We'll tear our whole damn stomach lining up at Thanksgiving and your ass didn't even get nothing but blankets. Listen, man. Smallpox. Smallpox on them blankets be like. Hashtag yeah. smallpoxy. How, how, it's like it's like that this meme that I saw that it was just like um the forest thought the axe was with them because it had a wooden <laughs> right. handle. Right, <laughs> you know right, 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 right. You know? And it, and it, and it'd be that obvious stuff. And here's the thing, I'm thankful for to meet your family, but mm-hmm. when we when we look at we, we keep celebrating these things and we don't even investigate what, what the hell our, our, our values yeah. are. Well that's the thing is that, you know, this is my, I call it the Godfather theory, and my Godfather theory is basically, you know, white people will give the benefit of the doubt when you look at like Godfather stuff and all this type of Italian culture shit, where it's like, oh, you know, um, this is the the Corleone family, they're criminals, but look at where they come from, and can't you understand why they got into a life of crime? Even the way they talk about crime, organized crime has this sweet name to it. Right. And it's just like these these are criminals that are being glorified. They're murderers. They're killers. I mean, I like. But, but that. But that's. But that's what they had to offer. But like, I I enjoy a gangster movie too. But I say that to say, when they look at the wire, they don't give it that type of right. uh, that, that that type of benefit of the doubt. And here's my theory. You know why? If they look at black crime, they don't look at the circumstances that cause it, but they'll give it to Italians. Is because those Italian movies, there's a romantic the romanticization of. Oh, we can go back to Italy, and this is where my family came from, and blah 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 blah. blah. But black people in America, we don't have that. I was writing an article about trying to trace my family back, and when you hit like eighteen eighty something, you right. can't find it because prior to that, you're not listed as name; you're listed as cattle. So yeah. it'll basically be like three bucks, you know, one winch, one mulatto, and if I'm lucky. I'm like, all right, well, I'm light skinned. Maybe my ancestors are mulatto. You know what I'm saying? So, so white people look at black people in America, and they don't have that respect to us because y'all niggas don't know where y'all come from. Right. You don't even know your root and your basis. Exactly. Yeah. So here's the thing. This is when I say I think the spirit has to elevate them. Mm-hmm. It pulls them in because mm-hmm. you know they 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 want it. They attracted to it. So it's like a moth to a flame. So mm-hmm. when they looking at it like. <gasps> mm-hmm. Marvel. Here's the thing. I'm just amplifying my melanin. Trust me. You want this. Yeah. This is why we th- trust me. This is why they want us to minimize what we do. Mm-hmm. So trust me, if we had the same frequency that everybody else was given, believe me, the tables would be really, really turned. Absolutely. Here's here's the thing too. I, I read this. There's a book um, talking about Yoruba culture, and it was basically saying that like based on where the descendants of enslaved people are in America, there's a large percentage of black people in America that come from Yoruba culture. And one of the things that they say that's very comforting to me that I've I've practiced is that in Yoruba culture, they're like, hey, when your your ancestors down your lineage, when they pass away, their job as a spirit is to look out for you. So when we're going through some shit, 
there's a way that they say you can reach out to your ancestors. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it, and it's a ritual of a candle, you know, fresh water. You talk to them and you talk to them every night for a week at the same time to show your discipline. But the idea is those people that come from that culture be like, yo, when I pass away, you know, a descendant of mine, it's my job and my responsibility to come and look out for you. And that's right. comforting to me because that's something that that even if I don't know specifically where my family came from, my lineage has been stolen from me. That's a part that's of a good being practice under, to have. You, you know what I'm saying? That's something that that makes me feel like, yo, we are connected. Right. You know what I mean? And I think so that's something that's I'm brilliant. talking about my son. So exactly. I didn't know I gave birth to my ancestor. Wow. Nigga, you better make me cry. <laughs> yo, dead ass. <laughs> Nigga, you about to make me cry. Fuck. So 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 imagine fuck having like and you got to realize man this shit is like been in my head. This is the first time I really even talked about this. Wow. Like I I I I I'm shit, man. I ain't talked about it. Wow. Cuz I'm still in it. And you, and you can't get out of it, man. It's a, it's a lot, brother. And you know, like I said, and I, I didn't realize even getting into poetry is because uh I'm running from mourning. Mm. Of my mother's death, mm-hmm. of my grandmother and my aunt, and you know, and my sister. So I done lost a whole bunch on the way, and my stepmother. You know what I'm saying? I done lost yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. So it's to the point to where you have to damn like get numb, like like shit. Mm-hmm. I can't stop. I got to be strong for too many others. And here's the thing: you got nine children, four grandchildren. This is that shit that had granddaddy had gray. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. I don't feel like 50. I don't look like 50. Mm-hmm. But God done blessed me to not look like the shit I've been through. And I'm thankful Oof. for that. Oof. You know, so, you know, like I said, like, you know, some people look at it like, you know, you can be a poet. I'm, I'm trying to change damn lives. God gave me gray skies so yours could be blue. Trust me. Wow. It's something into this trans- transcription. Man. God damn, man. So, you know, and that that's what I was saying on Deaf Poetry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This life I live ain't for me, it's for you. God yeah. gave me gray skies so yours could be blue. And when it rains, it pours. When the wind blows, I'm taking the roof. You can film this shit if you need proof. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, <sighs> man, you got to come and you got to display. You know, they don't know God appear until you show them. Somebody said this to me, and I think this is so profound. And And I think of you. Because I think that you are doing what your gift is. Somebody told me this. They said, if you have a talent and a gift and you're not trying to do it, you're insulting God. You know what I'm I, saying? I, I wholeheartedly believe that. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like the fail out, uh, the fail out quote in documentaries. It's like musicianship is the profession of the gods. If you if if you take it for granted, you know your life would be taken early. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's like and it's mm. like. You you feel me? The music heavy. The musicianship is the profession of the gods. Don't fuck with it. So if you ain't trying to take it seriously, back off. You feel what I'm saying? It's real. And and hearing you talk about that, like it's like, yo, you you are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> you know I mean, what I'm saying? I, I, and it, and it's coming, man. Yeah. Like and and the thing about it is, like even being out here for as long as I have, it don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's been, you know, it's been a beautiful struggle. Absolutely. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world, man, because I've had a unique walk. I know I'm going to leave legacy. 
Yeah. Even if I was to leave today, I done done enough. Nigga, you got all right. So four grandkids. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and, and two, uh, one of them sings and plays piano right now. All right. Do you have any grandkids older than your kids? Nope. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was about to make fun of you. No, nah, nah, they all they all the same. They all the same. Uh, right in there, like eight, eight, eight. Seven, seven, you know, <laughs> six, five, four, three, two, one. Injection, fellas. <laughs> yo, no, <laughs> yo. I went from a boy to a man. Nah, for real. Nah, for real though. Um, just you know, just passing it down to them because my 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 eight, my six year old. They didn't see what the thirty, you know, the uh, the twenty eights, and mm-hmm. the, they didn't see what the older kids saw. Mm-hmm. But you know, they were in a documentary, Word. so they see themselves on TV. So they were homeschooled first. Yeah. Then they now they in regular school. Yeah. So they looking like man, this shit is a piece of cake. Like man, I've been <laughs> in movies. What are you saying? Yeah. And so you know, the eight year old watch master classes. So mm. you looking at your two point Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I, I I don't kind of like he's mischievous and shit, but you know, it's like damn. You, you, you got a damn near grade with the curve now and shit yeah. because mischief, shit, I can trade mischief as long as his ass ain't doing no other crazy exactly. shit. Exactly. Because he could be building a damn bomb and not telling me. Yeah, you And he's it. the type of motherfucker that's on that. Like, like for real. <laughs> he, I, I, I would see it. Like, you know, the shit that he's watching and I'm looking like, yo, he, he can he can operate like any of this sound. Mm-hmm. You can put it in here unhooked. He, he'll get this shit to work. That's so dope, Dog, man. he been doing this shit since he was two. That's so dope. It's like, I remember I remember when I was a kid, like, I, you know, I'm arguing about trying to get my first car. I'm like 15, 16, and, and I had an aunt that had passed away, a great aunt that passed away, and my uncle had the car that she left, and she had, like, some, like, 84 Lincoln. This shit was big as fuck, <laughs> and it was this chocolate-ass car, and my uncle was like, yo, if Derek wanted it, I can give him, you know, Aunt Liz's car or whatever. And I remember my, my mom was like, oh, my mom and my dad was like, you know, that old car is just too big. You can't do that for your first car. It's too big. And I'm like, yo, think about it like this. If I learn how to whip that bitch around, I can do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You know what I'm like? If you can whip around the 84 box-ass Lincoln motherfucker, plus... I thought it'd be fucking fresh to be a teenager with a goddamn Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, gotta you know, you got to get your gear straight. Man, look, look, mama, you up here asking me to have a grandbaby. If I would have got that Lincoln when I was a six, <laughs> C17, you would have a grandbaby by now. Because, Lord Jesus, knowing damn well, if I pull up with a Lincoln at oh, the yeah. set high school, we fucking. <laughs> I was just about to say, the whole back seat. That shit you know what like I'm a saying? couch. <laughs> like that shit was bigger than my twin bed, man. Somebody would have been pregnant. That shit had a ladder in it. Shit. <laughs> yo, that was an '84 Continental. Had the little, yo, had the had the tire in the back. Let's that shit go. came with a basement. <laughs> <laughs> yo, but yeah, but that's my thing. It's like you know when 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 your kids can see those things and see themselves on television, then the idea of white America not giving them the props they deserve. They're like, I don't need those props. I don't need that shit. Because I, I got it. I'm validated with my people. I'm my already, family. I'm Yo, already good. Certified. Trust. You know what I'm saying? It, it, You're and, straight over here. <laughs> Yo, and, and that's the brilliance of Atlanta because it's like, you know, all you see, of- You can see yourself. Absolutely. In all, every position. All the black teachers I ever encountered growing up from first grade to all through high school, less than one hand. And, and and they stick out because they're so irregular. You know what I'm saying? Right. But imagine just seeing you all the time. Right. There's some some fucking beautiful brilliance in that, man. 
And that and that's why I make sure that you know we we go speak to the kids, man. Like Word. the whole thing. Like I, I'm I'm still uh, I, I work with the Alliance Theater and the, um uh, over here uh, with the um, the Boys and Girls Club of Atlanta. I mean mm-hmm. of America, mm-hmm. but you know in Atlanta and the surrounding areas. And I make sure you know we doing more than slam. I'm teaching them about life. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Learn how to look at like you're you're being hunted, mm-hmm. and you don't even know it. And you're a, a student. Why you think everything is like right in eye eye shot of everything? Mm-hmm. Come on, it ain't that convenient. You yeah. know how much life we had to learn. Nothing was in eye shot. Yep. Which is there's a book that talked about. I forgot the name of it, but there's a book that talked about this where they said that even though people have more access to information than it, more information than ever before that <clears throat> comparative to 100 years ago people were more skilled right so people be like hey i can farm or hey i'm a carpenter or whatever people knew these levels of skill and it's saying that you know people have more access to information than ever in the world but they don't retain any of it because they take that information for granted and, that, and that's what's wrong with public schooling mm-hmm. now mm-hmm that's what's wrong with it right Look, now. There's no cursive anymore. It's like, you know what I mean? Could you... My kid's no cursive. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a six-year-old. I got a damn near, you know, put him in the arm bar, <laughs> you know, to get, get him to, you know, because he's he he's epitome of I'm the last one. No, boy. Um, The last one. Nigga, that ain't the last one. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Be like, oops, pal, surprise. <laughs> shit. Yeah, live rounds, but I'm careful. Oh, you need to put that safety on there. It takes a very steady hand. I took the clip out, but it's one in the chamber. Damn. Right. Nah, shit. We good, good. Like, nah, he, he made sure he's the last one. He's an asshole. <laughs> like, out of all the kids, he's me. He's me. Oh, yeah. Like, Everything that you ever did to put gray hair on your parents' head. Oh, he's the gray hair kid. Yep, that's it. I'm sure. I'm sure we po- like, like you. You already know it, man. It's just magnified spirits, no doubt. <laughs> and you just watching. You know, you, like you said, you watching the, the the new you. Yeah. And I'm looking like, how would I fit into this world? And I mm. definitely know that they have to have that digital. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. but I had two old souls. Yeah. I had them when I was older. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was over 40 for both of them. Mm-hmm. So, but when they got here, man, they were like two old men, like Grady and Otis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A Grady and a Otis, but you know, it's two, two, uh, what do you call them? Uh, indigo children. No doubt. So, that's so dope, man. So, all right, we've been, we've been about an hour, so I'll lighten around it and get, and get some quick questions and answers so I can get you on this motherfucking record. Um, did you get a chance to meet Prince? No, I, I I didn't get a chance to meet him. I got a chance to watch him perform. I couldn't get to the. Wasn't Prince's last performance in Atlanta? In Atlanta. Were you there? I wasn't at that one. I okay. watched. Uh, he he was at uh the Tabernacle when I seen him Word. with Tamar, not Braxton, but okay. Tamar, his his artist. No doubt. Have you ever seen her? Yes. Boy. Yo. Be sleep. Insane, man. She like a chocolate Beyonce, bro. Nigga. Um, we talking about bass players. Is uh, Deborah Killings is she from? Oh there? yeah, she out there in Atlanta. And she still doing shit. She's out there? still doing stuff. Yo man, she's so cold. Man, she's so dope. And and then she started posing with the with the bass butt ass naked with them oh, uh, with them calves. <laughs> you know, she had like she had, like she looked like she was she like used to be on uh, Monique's band too. No doubt. Yep. Okay. You played you played on that show at all? I I was scheduled to, but mm-hmm. then it got canceled. But then. Uh, I was scheduled to, and uh, I was out in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But the next time I was out in Phoenix, I was opening up for Monique. Now, no, 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 look at this man, full circle ass nigga. All right, yeah. so, uh, so, 
any of the artists that you met on Death Poetry, like when you talked the most or anybody else, anybody tried to stay in touch since then? Um, I talked to Black Ice a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's overseas now. He's in uh, London. What's he doing? Gosh, uh, he's still doing art. He, okay, cool. Yeah, he's cool. still doing art. Okay. Um, who else? Uh, I keep in touch with Georgia Reed. That's like my no doubt. Know, that's, yeah, that's, that we we joined at the hip. Yeah. So Georgia, I see Sheba, Tommy Bottoms. Um, who else? Malik Salam. Mm, yeah. So me and Malik been doing something. I saw Malik yourself. We we we. Uh, that's crazy, man. I had Malik. Um. Who else? Jay Ivy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Patterson. Damn, you mentioned Liza so many. Garza. You uh, mentioned the John names, Good. Man. Uh, Mir Suleiman. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, sh- the list goes on. But we always been close in it. Like I said before, the show, mm-hmm. and that's the misconception. People thought that the show made us. Nah, nah. Nah, we was the super friends well before Look, that. Look, y'all, y'all was doing what y'all do, and they just happened to have cameras. You know what I'm we saying? We the cold crush that turned into the Wu Tang. You know we, <laughs> we trying to turn it into damn Rockefeller. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. So tell tell me about this Peabody. How did how did that happen? Um. The thing about it is I wouldn't even know that we were up for it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it just so happened you're going through the credits and, you know, we just looking at some mm-hmm. of the things and I see an acceptance speech, like, for the watch call it. So then uh, I said, damn, Stan Lathan did So, yeah. you know, oh. and I went to it. So um, I started looking for it. I'm actually, my, my, my uh, trophy's in the mail, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the humble beginning. Like, oh. You know, you got to pay for that thing now. You got to pay for that thing. Oh, man. So they, like, they charge you for them to send your own award? Shit, for any of them. Word. I'm glad I ain't won an Oscar. <laughs> you be like, yo, that's a what? Yeah, that shit, check out Just the Just take a picture and send it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit, give me the plastic one. <laughs> right. I wanted to, we say not the Oscar, you know what I'm saying? The Ollie. Man, look. <laughs> <laughs> the Oliver Awards. So, 2020, what you got coming up? Uh, I'm going to be at the uh, Jimmy Carter Presidential Library mm. uh, on February 20th uh, for the Black uh, History Program. Word. Uh, Amplified Melanin. So, we're going to kick it. Yeah. And um, I got a DJ over there. I got poets. I got dancers. Um, I got a financial analyst. Oh, oh. That actually. Uh, Ties in the values with us chasing our dreams, and we're speaking to students. Yeah, if you need if you need pre shakeups to do five minutes, you know what I'm saying. Just let me know. <laughs> 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 that pre get in way fit in. Look, I'm gonna show up, nigga. No, but 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 like I was saying, I wanted to bring you to the um. So the thing I was talking about was the loft sessions where we basically just did shows in my man's loft and and talking about being innovative and not waiting on a venue. We would put like. You know, seventy people in the loft, and that's like a real venue. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And the you know, overhead. that's how we did uh, Malik's joint, no doubt, the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. Every every week. Look, man, and that's the thing about it. If if there's one thing, these artists don't always think in the box. Don't always think you got to go to your traditional venue, man. Think out the box. Be fucking creative. If you got a homegirl that's a doctor that got a nice house, do some shit in her crib. Call it a day. Call it House Hunters, which is something I want to do for a while. I want to do, like, house parties and play house music and call it House Hunters. So if I see y'all niggas out there stealing that shit, that was me. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. So I want to bring you out here to do some shit, man. Um, anything you need, all you got to do is text me. I'll be I love there. to do it, man. Yeah. I got, I got something uh, coming up with, uh, uh, it's called a uh, dance canvas, mm. and um, I'm working with uh, eight tap dancers while I'm spitting poetry. That's fucking crazy in man. the middle. 
Yeah, the shit that's fucking crazy. As hell. There's a, random. There's a comedian that had this joke. He said, "If you understood Morse code, a tap dancer would drive you crazy." Right. <laughs> For real. He was like, "What I he mean, say?" And, and I got, I got, I got some hoofers too. <laughs> like no they doubt. get down, what? get down. Is Savion Glover still out here doing stuff? I know he's teaching. I ain't seen him like performing. It's been or a minute. Or yeah. I ain't seen him touring or nothing, but I think he's teaching definitely. All right. What do I need to promote? What you got? Um, I got a couple of things streaming right now. I got Lions. The Lions won't sleep tonight. Mm. Um, Sukkot Jones production. And uh, also, I got the Acid Gospel, you know, uh, the EP. So I got a bunch of stuff on there. I got a cool interview I did with uh, my man, Michael Eric Dyson, who was a cool brother, man. I like how you just dropped that in there. Listen, man, s- seriously, you know my nickname here in Columbia? Don't say Michael Eric Nigger. <laughs> like, I, I'm gonna show you a picture that some girl took when she spliced me in his face. Together. Yeah, y'all look like y'all when, when there's y'all the biopic. When there's the biopic, I'm playing them. Like, <laughs> yo, like <laughs> yeah, y'all look like. <laughs> I like how you just sprinkle that at the end. Like I did an interview with Michael Eric Dyson. Like nigga, what? I mean, like I, I've done a lot, man. The thing about it is, like, I just come from that era where we don't brag. Like the best yet to come. My best days in front of me. I get it. When I'm doing a podcast, man. I'm trying to get niggas to listen to me stuff. No, 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 no. But definitely, man. I, I, that, that's why I do these things, man. I like to say I was here when we was cracking eggs. No doubt. Not when that Ooh. shit got icing on it, nigga. We busting eggs up in this motherfucker. Yolks. <laughs> so I'm going to put a link to all your music when then people are logging in. Right. Um, I'm going to see if we can try to record something before I have to go take my homeboy to this fight party. Um, and I think that's it. So uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, shout out to my man Abyss. This is the Negro League Podcast. So go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you for listening. We're sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter code Negro. Save 10% on your next order. We're also sponsored by Down East Records. Go to downeastrecords.com and Down East Records on all social media. Code Negro 10%. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. See y'all niggas next time. Peace. I'll be